24 internet-based automation tools for podcasting. Welcome to The Audacity to Podcast, episode 297. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm doing this mini-series talking about automation tools for podcasting. In the last episode, I specifically talked about Windows and Mac OS-based automation tools for podcasting. And in this episode, I'm talking about internet-based automation tools for podcasting. What's great about internet-based tools, especially when they're automated tools, is that they can work without your having to do anything. In fact, you don't even have to be online for some of these tools to do all of their magic. They can just work for you in the background doing all kinds of cool automation workflows for you. Now, as I've mentioned in the previous episode, and as a reminder, there is a difference between automation and automatic actions or automated actions. Many tools can do things automatically, like you press a button and a thing happens. You press another button, another thing happens. That's an automatic action. But the following tools I'm going to share with you are focused on automation. That is automatically doing many things for you. It's saving you from an entire process. It's significantly reducing an entire workflow for you, maybe even down to only a single step, and that is activate automation. But it can certainly simplify your much bigger workflow by cutting out many of those steps along the way. It's not only doing one simple or a couple simple tasks for you. Each kind of automation may have a learning curve. So when you're looking at these different automations and you want to implement them, please don't get frustrated with them or please be patient. Please don't give up because I do believe the ultimate result will make up for it in the amount of time you'll save, the frustration you'll ultimately save, and the freedom you'll be giving yourself to focus on what's more important in your podcast or in your life because certain things are running automatically for you. If you want to follow along in the show notes to get all of the links to these different resources and tools that I mentioned, then go to the show notes for episode 297 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash internet automation. The first two tools are probably on the top of your mind, and I don't think any conversation about automation is complete without mentioning these two tools, and those are Zapier and IFTTT which stands for If This Then That. Both services will monitor a myriad of sources and can be set up to be triggered in certain ways and then will trigger actions based on customizable criteria. IFTTT is free, fairly simple, and limited to a single action or a single trigger. Whereas Zapier, and it is pronounced that way because you make zaps with Zapier, so it's not Zapier, Zapier, and that is recently confirmed by one of the people who created the company. Zapier is a paid service. There is a free plan, but I do recommend paying for it if you want to use it a lot. I do pay for Zapier because I found that much value in it. It offers much more powerful automations and multiple actions, deeper integrations with services. Like anything that you pay for, Usually the paid version is better than the free version 
Because when you're being paid for something, you can invest more into it to make it better or to get more of a team to make more things for it or work with other companies. And that's why Zapier is much more powerful than IFTTT. But both of them can do basic things fairly easily. Zapier is a little bit more complicated too, but it's not so complicated that you can't work with it. Now, with either of these systems, you can do all kinds of really cool automations that can run behind the scenes or could be triggered by some action that you initiate. So with either tool you choose, here are a few examples of things you could automate. You could have a text message automatically sent to yourself whenever someone buys something from your online store or signs up for your email newsletter or leaves a comment on your site or anything like that. You could automatically cross-post content from one platform to another. You could receive data from other services and then automatically reformat and route it somewhere else. And you can automatically do anything you want with your latest podcast reviews. That is via a paid My Podcast Reviews account, which provides the option to integrate with Zapier and IFTTT. I know you may feel overwhelmed when you're looking at every possible thing you could do. The easiest thing is look at other recipes for inspiration on things you could do. Maybe it's collect all tweets with a particular hashtag and put them in Evernote. Maybe it's automatically grab your favorited tweets and put them as bookmarks or put them in a document or retweet them or something like that. You can do a lot with the Zapier or IFTTT. And if you want the links to these, I have them in the show notes for this episode. Next, email service providers. And I have four to suggest. Building an email list for your podcast is helpful for many things, engagement, marketing, education, and much more. If you're interested in what all you could do with an email list beyond the marketing thing that many people talk about, the money is in the list and all of that kind of stuff, stuff you could actually do with your podcast email list, even if you have a hobby podcast and you're not trying to monetize it, go back and listen to episode 198, which I linked to in the show notes for this episode. Now, what's really cool about email service providers is that you can create automations to be a series of emails or other processes based on subscriber activity. For example, you could write a series of emails to automatically send every week for a year. Then every new subscriber starts at the beginning and never misses the same great content everyone else gets. This is what you now get if you join the email list for the Audacity podcast through any of my opt-ins. You start at the beginning of the sequence and you get all the same value everyone else is getting on day one, day two, seven days later, seven days after that, seven days after that, and so on. So you never miss those great tips. Like, for example, on the day two, I talk about how to make your iTunes links open directly into iTunes to your podcast. And I share other things like the top four links that your website should have and much more. It doesn't matter when you join the list because you get all the same value everyone else gets. And you can apply that to what you offer for your subscribers. You can also automatically send an email to subscribers based on their activity on your website or lack of activity. This can get them more engaged or connect them with other stuff they wanted. For example, if they visit a particular episode on your website, then you could email them to say, hey, you might also like this other episode. Or if you send them an email with a link and they don't visit the thing in that link, you could then target them later to send them an email and say, hey, I noticed you didn't check out that thing. I was wondering why or what could I do that would be more interesting to you. 
You can do that kind of segmentation and targeting in just about any kind of email service provider. It's not only the latest, greatest, coolest new kid on the block that can do these kinds of things. Many of these other tools have been able to do these for years, and you can do them very easily or as complicated as you want, depending on the tool you're using. You could also, with an email service provider, automatically segment your subscribers based on almost any criteria. With that, you could ensure only the right people receive the right messages. For example, if you are a customer of one of my products, I'm not going to send you an email advertising that product because you've already purchased it or signed up for it or already use it. Why should I promote it to you again if you already have it? Instead, I might want to send you an email that's more about how to leverage that thing you've already purchased. But if you haven't already purchased it, then why would I tell you how to use it? So I can segment my subscribers based on that kind of criteria or anything else. You could also automatically deliver special offers or resources that you want to give away on your website or in your podcast or anything like that so that you don't have to try and ensure that everyone who signs up gets that email, gets that downloadable or anything like that. It's all being handled automatically for you. So where can you get this kind of automation with an email service provider? There are four places I recommend, and the differences between them may seem minimal at first, but they're pretty big in certain areas. So these are my four favorites. Number one, Active Campaign. This is my personal new favorite email service provider. I am a paying customer of Active Campaign. Special thanks to Sean Smith from themobilepro.net for convincing me to try Active Campaign. And I love it. It makes powerful automations easy. It's very affordable, actually more affordable than MailChimp would be. Plus, it has website activity tracking that's unmatched by anyone else. I haven't found anything other platforms do that ActiveCampaign can't do or can't do better than others. So I definitely love ActiveCampaign. I'm a paying customer of ActiveCampaign. Even though I could have continued using MailChimp for free, I decided to start paying for ActiveCampaign because of the great automation features it provides. Number two is ConvertKit. This is the cool new kit on the block, and you'll hear many internet marketers praise ConvertKit. Sometimes I think ignoring the fact that much of what they say ConvertKit can do, other platforms could also do. But ConvertKit can do things very easily, and maybe even more easily than other platforms. And that's why many people are saying, oh, I can do this in ConvertKit, and I couldn't do this before. Well, they could have done it before but they couldn't figure out how. ConvertKit does simplify that, especially the automations that ConvertKit can do are much easier than some of these other things. And with ConvertKit, you're limited to a single list, whereas most of these other providers, you can have multiple lists. Number three is AWeber. This may be the industry standard tool for email newsletters and autoresponders. Their reputation and delivery is high, and they provide fantastic support. On top of this, they love podcasters. I've seen AWeber at every podcasting-focused conference I've been to in the last few years. AWeber has had a booth there. They're sponsoring podcasts. They've sponsored some podcasts on my network as well. They love podcasters, and they are doing cool things with developing their tool and adding new features. And number four, MailChimp. MailChimp is great for getting started for free with an email list up to 2,000 subscribers or sending no more than 12,000 emails a month. 
I think MailChimp is the easiest to use provider and offers simple automation options, though it does seem that they may be enhancing their automation features in the near future. Some automation features are limited to only paid plans. Now, I could continue using MailChimp with their premium plan for a great, great offer that I have, but I did decide to upgrade to Active Campaign and start paying for it, which actually ends up being cheaper than the retail price that I would have been paying with MailChimp, but it's more than I was paying for MailChimp. If that's not confusing enough, I've decided to switch to Active Campaign because of all the great features they offer, even though it meant paying more for me. If you want to sign up for any of these services, like Active Campaign, ConvertKit, Aweber, or MailChimp, then I'd really appreciate it if you use my affiliate link in the show notes for this episode, number 297 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash internet automation. Next, Wave with two Vs. I don't think podcast audio has a viral problem. Many people say, oh, we can't get podcasts to go viral. Well, you know what? You can't make movies go viral either or books. And I think that podcasts are long form content and that's why they can't go viral. So Instead of looking at cool sharing tools as ways of making your podcast go viral, instead, look at these tools as ways to promote your podcast and share great content from your podcast. So instead of trying to make your podcast go viral, there are times that you want to share a snippet from your podcast, a snippet that provides great value, a snippet that's a great quotation or an actionable tip or advice or something like that. Putting that snippet In video form, even if you have an audio-only podcast, but in video form, that can allow you to share it to and stand out on more visual platforms like Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, or Instagram. So that's where Wave comes in, W-A-V-V-E. Link is in the show notes for this episode. Wave automates this process by allowing you to create a template for your videos Then you upload your audio clip to be processed and applied to that template. So you can have your cover art, your photo, your title, and there's this dynamic little waveform that displays, and you can change colors and looks of these things so they can look really cool. And you can have multiple templates ideal for different platforms, such as Square Video for Instagram. So when you upload your audio, it does all this processing for you that would take you hours to try and figure out how to do with advanced software like Adobe After Effects and video editing software and other things. Wave can automate that process for you very simply. That's W-A-V-V-E, and I have a link to it in the show notes. Next, My Podcast Reviews. That's at mypodcastreviews.com. Podcast reviews don't affect your iTunes ranking. But they can be a great way to build your reputation and engage with your audience. And I talked a lot more about the benefit of podcast reviews in episode 263, which I link to in the show notes for this episode if you're interested. So what's the automation problem that my podcast reviews can solve for you? Well, the problem is that there are 155 different iTunes stores for 155 different countries. Each store has its own collections of reviews for your podcast. So if you're looking at your podcast in the United States store, you're not seeing your reviews from Canada, from the United Kingdom, from Australia, from Brazil, from any of the other 155 countries. So you could manually switch between all of these countries, find your podcast again, resort your reviews, check to see if you have any new reviews, try and remember what reviews you have, That all takes a ton of time, and ain't nobody got time for that. 
And even when you do find reviews in iTunes, you can't really do much with them. You can't share those individual reviews. You can't copy and paste the text of the reviews. You can't sort them all that much. You can't filter them. You can't integrate them with any other tool. But my podcast reviews can help you with all of that. My podcast reviews can automatically find and collect all your podcast reviews from all iTunes stores and other podcast directories and apps. My podcast reviews can automatically email your new reviews on the day you record your episode so that you have your new reviews to thank and give a shout out to in your episode. My podcast reviews can also integrate with Zapier and IFTTT and other apps for automatic display, sharing, and more of your latest reviews. You can also sort and filter all your reviews so you can see exactly what you want or filter it down so you get a better idea of just all my negative stuff, what's the negative things I've received versus what are the positive things. And you can share individual reviews that also contain subscription links to help build your audience or to help get even more reviews. That's at mypodcastreviews.com. You may be wondering, what sets apart my podcast reviews from the other services that have come after and some of them are kind of copycat services. Well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, well, I do this, they do that. Just you need to compare them yourself. But I can tell you that my podcast reviews offers unique features. It's much more reliable in my testing. And it integrates with these other services wonderfully so that you can make those automation workflows and simplify your own processes. That's at mypodcastreviews.com or the link in the show notes for this episode. Next, Social Jukebox or Edgar. I rarely recommend automating content on social networks, but automating a schedule, especially a recurring schedule, can be a great way to save you time and better engage with your followers. Remember, this is social media on social networks, so be social in these places. Social Jukebox is a bit more affordable than Edgar. And in my opinion, Social Jukebox has a better system for scheduling recurring messages. Like you want something to go out every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time or every Tuesday or anything like that. But Edgar is a bit easier to use with a simpler interface and it has some nice RSS-based queuing built into it so you can very easily add to your queues or archives from your RSS feed. Now, regardless of which of these two tools you use, they're both built on the idea of a queue, a recurring queue, that is. So you load up a queue and those post automatically on a recurring basis. And you can do that with either Social Jukebox or Edgar on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and someday more. So how can you leverage that for automation? Well, you could automatically post leading up to and during regularly scheduled events, such as a live stream. I use this with our Once Upon a Time podcast. On Sundays, I'll post something in the morning to say, happy Once Upon a Time day. And in the afternoon, I say, are you ready for Once Upon a Time tonight? And then a little bit before Once Upon a Time starts, I say, Once Upon a Time starts in 15 minutes. And then Once Upon a Time starts now. And halfway through the episode, I say, what do you think of this episode so far? And immediately after the episode is finished, I say, hey, we're going to record our podcast initial reactions in 15 minutes come share your thoughts and then once we go live 15 minutes later it automatically posts to say we're live come hear our initial review of tonight's once upon a time episode and that's on one day i can do other recurring things on other days as well and i do that 
So you can do that kind of thing with either of these tools. You could also automatically reshare old but timeless content, such as blog posts, podcast episodes, guest appearances, and such. You could automatically start conversations by engaging your community with questions. Maybe you load up a hundred different questions into a queue and you have it set to automatically post on a particular day, whatever the next question is from this queue, and it won't repeat any of those questions until a hundred days later or so many days later. You could automatically and regularly promote monetized content, whether that be your sponsor, a product you're selling, your own thing like a Patreon or something like that. I do urge you to custom write your own messages so that they're personal instead of letting titles automatically be posted, unless you write really good titles that don't have abbreviations and that make sense to be displayed online. Also, I recommend you set your schedule to no more than once every half hour at the most, maybe, but less frequently if you don't have a lot of content to share. So if your queue is only 10 different things, then maybe set that particular queue to publish only once per day instead of multiple times per day, because then after a couple days, you'd have things repeating themselves. Try and space it out so people don't really notice when things start repeating themselves. Those are Social Jukebox or Edgar, and I have links to those in the show notes for this episode. Number 297 at com slash internet automation. Next, Buffer or Hootsuite. Whereas Social Jukebox and Edgar can spread out recurring sharing of timeless content, keywords there being recurring and timeless, Buffer and Hootsuite are nice ways to automatically share cross-post and spread out sharing of new content and single-time content. Buffer and Hootsuite work on the idea of a one-time queue. You can load it up with messages that will post out on your schedule, but those messages won't repeat unless you requeue them. So if you are reading your newsfeed in the morning and you find 30 new articles that you want to share online, you can queue those articles up And they'll share out automatically, maybe every hour, every half hour, every couple of hours, whatever the schedule is that you've set up with these tools. And these tools can figure out a schedule for you. They're automated in that way as well. So you don't have to think about, okay, I want to share this, but I better not tweet it yet because I just tweeted this other thing two minutes ago. So I need to wait and I need to remember this. No, it takes all the thinking out of it and automates that for you. These are also really handy for simply cross-posting the same message on multiple accounts right at the moment or maybe at scheduled times or posting that queue for you across those different networks. So you don't have to log into Facebook to post it there, log into Twitter to post it there, or log into different Twitter accounts to post it at different times. And speaking of cross-posting, these next three services, Libsyn's OnPublish, Blueberry's Post to Social, or Repurpose, are several tools that can cross-post for you as soon as you publish your own content. Libsyn's OnPublish feature uses their feed to automatically cross-post your latest podcast episodes to other social and content platforms like Blogger and Tumblr and WordPress and Facebook and Twitter and these different platforms like that. Blueberry's post-to-social feature can do the same thing from the PowerPress feed for Blueberry hosting customers. In fact, what Blueberry's option can do that the Libsyn option doesn't do is Blueberry can truncate the audio and automatically add a trailer. 
such as saying something like, to hear the rest of this episode, listen and subscribe at myawesomepodcast.com. So they get the first five minutes and then that little trailer to promote them to go back to your website to get the rest. Repurpose is a standalone service. So whereas Libsyn requires that you be a Libsyn hosting customer and use the Libsyn feed, or at least publish a Libsyn feed, and the Blueberry Post to Social feature works with your PowerPress feed, but it requires that you use Blueberry to host your media, and both options are great. I recommend both options for different people depending on their needs. Repurpose, on the other hand, is a standalone service that, (laughs) as its name suggests, repurposes your audio or video content from nearly any source, even Facebook Live, and then automatically reposts to other destinations. So for example, maybe you want to record something on Facebook Live and have it automatically turned into a podcast episode on your WordPress website. Repurpose can do that for you. Maybe you want to do something on YouTube Live and have it automatically uploaded to Facebook for you. Repurpose can do that for you and many other really cool things. It's this idea of automated cross-posting. So once you hit stop, then the magic takes over and does things. Oh, dare I use the word? I really hate this word, but I'm going to use it anyway because you're probably thinking it. Automagically. Okay, there, I've said it. It's it's done. Those are Libsyn's On Publish, Blueberry's Post to Social, and repurpose. And I have links to each of these in the show notes for this episode. Next, Aphonic. I talked about the Aphonic desktop app in my last episode about Windows and Mac OS-based automation tools. This time, I want you to look at the Aphonic web service. The reason you'd want Aphonic, in case you didn't hear in last episode, is because clear, consistent, and understandable audio is crucial to all podcasts, whether audio or video. Aphonic can then automate the processing of your audio and do more for you. In fact, the Aphonic web version can add a couple steps that the Aphonic desktop version can't do. So here's a complete workflow that the Aphonic web version could do from you clicking a single button, and it does all of these following things for you. Number one, reduce background noise and hum. Number two, reduce reverb. Number three, even out volume differences. Number four, raise or lower perceived loudness to a target industry level. Number five, add an intro and outro. Number six, create a transcript. That's currently exclusive to the web version. Number seven, mix down to mono. Number eight, encode to MP3. And number nine, upload to your media host. That's also currently exclusive to the web version. The Aphonic web version is available for free with a very limited plan, but there are premium plans with larger limits, and I definitely recommend that you check out Aphonic and use it. And I have a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Next, Q. That's Q-U-U-U. This is a service that automatically shares your content with other influencers in your space. It's also a great way to find relevant content you can automatically share on your own social accounts. So you can be seen as not only sharing your own content, but sharing other valuable content. Next, Relay. Created by my friend and fellow podcaster, Craig Carpenter, Relay dramatically speeds up the creation of professional-looking branded images for your blog or podcast. You can create a template into your text, add your logo, your cover art, something like that, And then Relay will automatically create the multiple sizes ideal for different networks. So maybe you put in the title of your episode, a photo of your guest or a product that you're talking about or something like that in your cover art, and then you press a button 
And then Relay generates a wide version, a tall version, a square version. It generates these different versions for you automatically. I have a link to it in the show notes. Design Feed is somewhat similar to Relay, but it automates the process of finding relevant images based on the text you insert in your image. So if you say something like, every opportunity is a beautiful sunrise, then maybe it will show photos of sunrises for you and automatically put those in the background, which can save you a lot of time from having to think, oh, what, what kind of image would be good for the background of this? And it can help you find those images based on those keywords that are already in your text, far simplifying and speeding up that process for you. Next, Appointlet, Doodle, Calendly, Schedule Once. There are many other services like this. So I'm just counting these four for now, but you may have others that you like. And if you do, definitely comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash internet automation. If you need to schedule anything with someone else, you probably know the frustration of finding a time that works for both of you or all of you if there are multiple people involved. Even when you pick the right time, it takes extra work to remind them about it, send them the information automatically, how to connect with you, to follow up after the event, to add it to your calendar before, and other things that may be involved in the process. So that's where these online scheduling tools help. Appointlet, Doodle, Calendly, Schedule Once, and many others have their unique features. And they're all focused on making it easier to schedule time with someone else. Plus, they offer different types of automation, simplifying the process of reminders, follow-ups, integrations with other tools, and more. For example, on one tool, you might be able to send text messages to someone to remind them of the appointment. And text messages stand out a lot more than emails. With another, you might be able to automatically charge someone on the time of your appointment or when they want to schedule something with you, or you automatically redirect them to another page for more information after they confirm their appointment. All kinds of cool automation things like that mean you don't have to worry about that follow-up process or reminding them to show up for something because the automation is taking over and doing it for you. And lastly on my list is Google Alerts. It can be tough to stay on top of your industry, but Google Alerts makes that easy by finding and sending you relevant stuff from across the web. This can be with simple keywords or advanced search queries, like excluding certain keywords or certain sites or anything like that. If you know how to make a Google search, then you can know how to make a Google alert. And just like with Google.com as a search engine, you can do some really cool advanced searches and filters and exclusions and inclusions and stuff. You can do the same kind of thing with Google alerts to set it up to automatically notify you when something matches certain criteria. These 24 internet-based automation tools for podcasting are all available in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash internet automation, and they are Zapier or IFTTT, email service providers, four of them, ActiveCampaign, ConvertKit, Aweber, and MailChimp, Wave, that's with two Vs, My Podcast Reviews, Social Jukebox or Edgar, Buffer or Hootsuite, Libsyn OnPublish, Blueberry's Post to Social or Repurpose, Aphonic, the web version, Q, Relay, Design Feed, Appointlet, Doodle, Calendly or Schedule Once or many other scheduling tools, and Google Alerts. If you have something that you think should be added to this list, then please comment on the show notes for episode 297 at com slash internet automation. And I'd love to include 
your feedback in maybe a future episode where I expand this list of automation tools for podcasting. Coming up, I've got some WordPress automation tools, as well as ways to use people for automation in podcasting. And then the legendary, I hope, episode 300 that I want your help for. Listen back to the first episode of the Audacity to Podcast and send me feedback as if you were trying to help that podcaster back then improve their show. You could even say, oh, you are horrible at this, or you are great at this, or you really need to focus on this. It's okay. I'm not that podcaster anymore. You're not the same podcaster that you were years ago or weeks ago. So use my first episode as a means to practice critiquing and looking for ways to improve. That's at theaudacitypodcast.com slash one, as in the number one. And that's in the upcoming 300th episode, which is just before I celebrate my 10 years of podcasting. I've got something else special lined up for that. But in the meantime, now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. And in case you're wondering, yes, I'm still suffering with that laryngitis or cold or allergies or whatever during the recording of this. And there have been many times during this recording when I had to pause or have John Buchanan from Audio Editing Solutions edit out a cough, a sneeze, a throat clear, a sniffle, or something disgusting like that. And I know my voice sounds different. So thank you for your patience. Thank you also to your feedback recently on my question about my transparency. I've been receiving some very encouraging feedback. I like what I'm seeing that you're saying. And if you haven't had the opportunity, listen to the very end, like the the after end of the last episode of the Audacity to Podcast to see what I'm talking about. And you can send me your own thoughts on that. Thanks for listening.